The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Friday, April 23rd edition. we got a monster 14 games to break down for you on this Friday, so we won't waste a whole lot of time. Just the quick housekeeping notes. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick. Check out the podcast and give it a rate and review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. If you prefer to watch the podcast, go to the Rotoballer YouTube page, subscribe, like, share, all the goodies there. Uh, and if you want to get in the free Fantasy DGen Slack chat, just get me your email. We'll get you right on in there. All right, 14 games. We will crank through this bad boy because there's actually a lot of aces on the mound, which makes things very, very enticing. Not a lot of weather to worry about. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Lineups will be key. Your totals we have so far on this slate. A's at Orioles, 9.5, so we'll be targeting that game for sure. Um, we got Royals, Tigers, 8. Yankees, Indians, 8.5. Mariners, Red Sox, 9.5. Another good one. Jays, Rays, 7. Nationals, Mets, 7. D-backs, Braves, eight and a half. Angels, Astros, eight and a half. Pirates, Twins, eight and a half. Reds, Cardinals, seven and a half. Phillies, Rockies, Coors Field, special, ten and a half. Padres, Dodgers, seven and a half. Marlins, Giants, seven and a half. So there's three games, nine and a half or over. Try to circle those ones. You can differentiate there and try to get some lower ownership if you prefer. Usually just fading Coors is, is the key. But uh, lots of pitching to get to, so let's get started. We have three guys over 10K, two guys that all have targeted, one that I'm just in love with and we should be. His name is Jacob DeGrom. He's 10-9 at home against the Washington Nationals. DeGrom's been absolutely outstanding, six or more innings in every start, seven or more Ks in every start. He struck out 14 in back-to-back starts, the last one in Coors Field. He's been absolutely outstanding. No one runs in two of his three starts. Uh, over 50 in two straight starts. Faces the Nationals team that does not have Mr. Juan Soto in it right now. That that doesn't suck for sure. They're striking out almost 22% of the time versus right-handed pitching. That's a lot of Soto numbers there. So DeGrom at 10-9, phenomenal. Don't need to go too far into that one. Tyler Glass now at 10-1 is quite intriguing. We know that the other shoe can drop at any time with Glass now, but he's gotten at least 24 points in all four starts with a ceiling of 47 and a half. That's the kind of stuff you want in tournaments. If you want to pivot off of DeGrom, Glass now can definitely be that guy uh, taking on a Toronto Blue Jays team that very, very often they got tons of offensive talent. There's no hiding that at all, but also a team that strikes out about 24% of the time versus right-handed pitching. 
with a 222 average and a 134 ISO. So you can't exploit them once in a while. I think Glassdown is a great pivot off of DeGrom if you want to be different, save a little cash. DeGrom is the guy I want. Glassdown could be the pivot. You Darvish, 9700 bucks at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, we got Darvish versus Kershaw yet again. Great matchup last time they dueled. Darvish got almost 30 DK points, seven innings, one hit, one run, two walks, nine Ks. He was outstanding. Kershaw was great too, but Kershaw's uh, about 500 bucks more than Darvish. I'll take the savings and go with Darvish in this matchup against the Dodgers. Both are great plays, both tournament plays. Uh, do what you wish there. Dropping on down some more though, Steven Matz, 8,900 bucks at the Tampa Bay Rays. Matz has been outstanding, six innings or more in every start, one and run in every start, five, uh, four or more Ks, five or more in two of three. And he's got a great ground ball, a fly ball thing going for him. That's key. He's not walking a lot of guys, which has usually been a problem. Great ground ball, a fly ball, mixing in some strikeouts. His uh, lowest outing is 18.7 points, got as high as almost 32, which is outstanding. Faces the Tampa Bay team, good good offense. Uh, looks like they might be heating up, but it's also a Tampa Bay team of striking out nearly 29% of the time versus left-handed pitching. 232 average, uh, a 160 ISO, 114 WRC+. plus. So they're a little above average offensively against lefties, but that near 29% K rate is outstanding. So if Matt's gives up a little bit of trouble, the strikeout should still be there. $8,900, very strong tournament play with Steven Matz because he has a, a decent ceiling on this big slate at a low ownership potential. Zach Greinke's in play at 87. I never get Zach Greinke right. Just wanted to mention him, but he's in play against the Angels, especially if Mike Trout misses. He left after getting hit on the, the elbow. It was a pretty nasty. It sounded very, very loud. So hopefully it sounded worse than it actually was. Let's go that route with it, but it did not look good at all. But he he was smiling. If that, that does anything for you. Uh, JT Brubaker, 78. I love me some JT Brubaker. Tougher matchup against Minnesota at the same time. A Minnesota team that's been kind of dreadful at the plate. He's given up one run in every start so far, four more Ks in every start, six or more Ks in two of three starts. And it's a uh, Minnesota team that we love to target against lefties, but against righties, 24% K rate, 256 average, 189 ISO. So they've been decent. Still a good amount of Ks, 7,800 for Brubaker in a tournament. I can see the upside there for sure. A little farther down, Huascar Yanoa. He was like the, the name of names going into his last start, and he got absolutely shellacked by the Chicago Cubs. Four innings, seven hits, six earned. Give it three long balls, one walk. Still struck out five. That was nice. That came after two great starts against Miami and Washington. So maybe the 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 appeal of many people using him will have worn off. And now you get Yanoa at 7500 bucks at home against a red-hot Arizona offense that strikes out 25.5% of the time versus right-handed pitching. I think Yanoa becomes a very, very nice tournament play. Is there a risk? Sure. Arizona is swinging it very well. There's no hiding that at all. At the same time, you got Yanoa, who had two really, really good starts. Everybody's pumped up. You know, the velocity this, pitch mix this, all that good stuff. He gets shelled. He gets shelled in, in Chicago. But he's back home now against the D-backs team that we know before that Cincinnati series was dreadful. Heck, before the extra innings in a half of those Cincinnati games, they were dreadful. So let's like let the grain of salt that one. If they don't go extras, do we really think that much about Arizona? No, but um, they, they have some talent. Don't get me wrong. We've been using them as low-owned um, stacks, but I think Yanoa is a very intriguing tournament play at 7500 bucks. Uh, one of these plays that stands out down here, Sandy Alcantara at 7400 I like him in cash and tournaments. I guess this is your value cash game play with tournament upside. He brings a great floor to this matchup. Uh, he faced the Giants earlier this week, six and a third, six hits, four earned, but seven Ks. So those Ks, I emphasize this all the time. You can give up runs if you strike guys out. 
He gave up four runs, struck out seven, still got you 16.1 points. At 7,400 in cash, you'll take that. He's also shown GPP upside, 26 points, 24.5 points against St. Louis and Tampa Bay. So he's got that upside. The strikeouts have been there, seven or more Ks and three or four starts. Great heavy sinker action to get you the, the ground balls you're looking for. A Giants team that's striking out nearly 29% of the time versus right-handed pitching. Like, you love the Giants versus lefties. We, we target it, we target it, we target it. Now you get a righty in Alcantara who's been very, very effective uh, in a heavy strikeout team like the Giants. Alcantara at 74 is an outstanding play in this price point. I don't mind mixing him with, like, a DeGrom or a, a Glass now or a Darvish or even, like, a Mats if you want to save a little bit of cash. Like in cash games, DeGrom and Alcantara is probably where I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag. I think that it gives you a, a great floor with upside and plenty of money to spend on bats. So I'm pretty pumped on Alcantara at 7,400. A couple other ones you can look at. Dane Dunning's been sneaky good, $7,300. Uh, they seem like the training wheels are off. He got to the 75 pitches. Hopefully he could creep up to 80. Maybe this next go around. That's the only thing with him is they're going to keep it really tight with him. So we've seen him go five innings, four innings, six innings. Got at least five Ks in each start, at least 16 points in each start. At $7,300, if somehow he creeps into 80 to 85 pitches, it could be a big day. It's a Chicago White Sox team, you know, revenge narrative, if you want to go that way, with Dane Dunning, who got traded to uh, Texas. Um, but you, you got a White Sox team striking out about 23% of the time versus righties, a team that's pretty just beat up right now offensively. They're going to wake up eventually. They're really, really talented. But uh, Dunning in tournaments, not one of my favorite tournament plays, but definitely one to mention. Couple more to look at. Probably my favorite punt tournament play, though, in that same matchup is Dylan Cease at sixty six hundred bucks. Um, the thing with Cease, we talk about walks. Three, he's had at least three walks in every start. He's got six Ks in back to back starts. He's gone only four and two thirds innings in each start. He's gone as high as ninety two pitches, so that's good. But thirteen point one, sixteen point three points his last two starts. If somehow he creeps into the fifteen plus range at sixty six hundred. I'm in. I'm all in. So I think that's why he's a tournament play, not so much a cash game play. A tournament play in this matchup against a Texas Rangers team, striking out 29.5% of the time versus righties. That's almost one in every three outs is a strikeout versus right-handed pitching. That's what Dylan's Dylan's East is nasty. We've talked about it many times. If he ever could get control and not like walk the farm, he'd be a mid-eight to nine K pitcher night in and night out. He just has so much volatility in him, it's tough. They get this Texas team, 29.5% K rate, 229 average, 141 ISO, 98 double WRC plus, just below average offensively in his right-handed pitching. I like Cease a lot at 66. I think it's a very, very intriguing play at this point. And the last one I'll mention is J.A. Happ, 6,300 bucks um, at home against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's I like the Pirates. I respect the Pirates. I like the Pirates a little more of his right-handed pitching. And it kind of shows when you look at uh, their peripherals, striking out 27.5% of the time versus lefties. 214 average, uh, 82 WRC plus, so a dreadful, dread, really dreadful offense versus left-handed pitching. It's like Jay Hay half's just not a dominant lefty, so that's where it kind of gets kind of like a bummer. He's got four innings and four and two-thirds, got about 90 pitches, but three Ks and four Ks. If he somehow runs into six strikeouts against Pittsburgh, which was a 27.5% K rate versus lefties, is very, very possible. Well, then Jay Hay half at 63 becomes intriguing. So on a big slate like this, you got to kind of – you know, there's going to be so many similar options. You can play the, the the leverage plays, whatever. But if you're looking at value, Dylan Cease has extreme value versus Texas, especially with the strikeouts. And that's what we go to look for with these cheaper pitchers. Can they get a strikeout? They're cheap, so we're not expecting seven shutout innings. Like, if they do that, hallelujah. But we're not expecting that. We're expecting them to get hit. That's why they're so cheap. But if they can knock out the strikeouts, 
we're in business. So this is this is where we go. So Cease and Hap are both intriguing. I prefer Cease, I prefer Cease over Hap, but both very, very nice options down here below 7K. All right, recapping the pitching real quick. 9K and above. I got DeGrom 1, Darvish 2, Glasnow 3. I think Glasnow is the best GP. Well, not best. DeGrom is the best play, period. I think Glasnow is the best GPP play off of DeGrom just because I think his ceiling is so electrically high. But at the same time, it's Toronto. You never know. But I'm going to go DeGrom, Darvish. I think Darvish is a little more safe than even Glasnow is, even against the Dodgers. But Glasnow has that ceiling that I like over Darvish. DeGrom's just the GOAT. The GOAT is on the mound. Um, if we go to the seven, or we'll go, we'll go uh, 75. We'll, we'll, we'll break it down here. 75 to 89 range here. I got Steven Matz one. I got Huasker Anoa two. Granky three, Brubaker four. I think Anoa is a very sneaky GPP play because I think ownership's going to be way down after his last blow up. And if you're going 7,400 and below, Alcantara is outstanding at his price point. That's one of those plays I'm just going to lock in. If he struggles, so be it. Like, it's just a perfect matchup, a great price point. Let's you do so much with your lineups. Like, I'm a huge fan of stuff like that. So 7,400, like, if I if, if we see he's going to be like 30% owned, well, then we got to have a new conversation, and that's what the Slack chat's for. Like, we start talking about that and where our pivots are going to be, and, okay, maybe this isn't a great idea. But right now, as I record this podcast, I love me some Alcantara. I guess the big, big boy play. After that, I like Dylan Cease 2, J.A. Hap 3, Dane Dunning 4. So got some nice options there. We'll recap those at the end of the podcast. But for now, we'll go to the bats on this slate. And it's a loaded slate like we expected. If there's bats I miss, I'm sorry. Hit us up in the Slack chat with any specific questions. I'll get you there. And also watch the lineups because that could help certain pitchers we like more or less. And it could also help open up some value, which there will be plenty on a 14-game slate. Plenty of value to be had. All right, catcher's position, like Sal Prez, he's on fire at 55. If you want to go there, no problem. You got Real Muto and Coors against Marquez. I respect Marquez enough not to go full Philly stack, but I also respect the Phillies enough not to use Marquez. So it's one of those, if you really want to go there, sure. We mentioned two other games, nine and a half totals. Makes me feel more comfortable about not going all in on Coors, where there's certain nights it's like Coors has a total of 11 and a half. Everything else is eight and below. And you're like, okay, this is a massive difference. But on tonight's slate, not so much. So keep that in mind. Uh, Christian Vasquez versus Kikuchi is not too shabby. I, I'll go Sal Perez if I'm paying all the way up. When we go below 5K range, you got Wilson Ramos up to 48. I loved him when he was cheaper. Little, It's not as opposing, uh, appealing anymore. Uh, I'm going to go cheaper all the way. Like Carson Kelly went deep again on Thursday. He's $4,200. If you're not using Yanoa, that's a phenomenal look. Sean Murphy at 43 versus Lopez. Love the Oakland Athletics. I would like a cheaper Murphy per se because I'd rather pay for the Connors and Laureanos and Olsons of the world. But if you're stacking and it works with the way the lineup comes out, Murphy's okay. I'll prefer Kelly at 42 if I got a, a piece between the two. Uh, going cheaper, like Pedro Severino versus Irvin. Cole Irvin of Oakland at 4K. Nice upside GPP play with Severino as a little cheaper look. But, you know, in reality, cash games, probably even GPP one-offs, whatever you want. Dom Nunez in Coors against Vinny V at 38. Yeah, that's a great price point. I don't know why they just keep leaving Dom Nunez. He's like he's just like penciled in at thirty five to thirty eight hundred bucks, and I don't get it. He just continues to rake. He's got fourteen, sixteen, two, and twelve in his last three games, and he hasn't been higher than thirty eight hundred bucks. Like, come on, DraftKings, be better. So Dom Nunez at thirty eight is a phenomenal price point. You just kind of you just you just roll with those kind of things. Uh, if you're not using Hap, you could go to Stallings at thirty six, but I just find the two hundred bucks to get to Dom Nunez if you can. That'd be my move, and if not, just go cheaper. 
than Stallings. I like I like Stallings, but we like him when he's much cheaper than thirty six hundred bucks. That's for sure. Uh, Luis Torrens at thirty four versus Perez, not bad if you're stacking. I could see that again. I'd still try to find a way to Dom Nunez or try to find an even cheaper catcher if you can. Like Mike Zunino, I think is a great tournament play. Like I love Steven Matz, but if for some reason he's off, you can get Zunino at thirty one hundred bucks. You're playing Zunino to hit a home run. He has a buck eighty four average. He's basically getting like two hundred all season. He's going to strike out a ton, but he's got three jacks. This is what he does. Like here's his last few starts: twenty five, thirteen, zero, zero, twenty one, four, seven, two. Like you're just hoping for the the Jimmy Jack, and that's what Zunino can bring at thirty one hundo. That's a great value tournament type play against Stephen Max if he cracks the lineup. Other than that, um, Higashioka, if he starts, he went deep again on Thursday. I love his value at three K versus Logan Allen. That's a really good look as um as uh, Gary Sanchez is still banged up. So uh, Higashioka is not a bad play at all at three K. Other than that, I'm going to say just look at lineups because you'll see a few pop up. But, you know, Higashioka, I almost even play him in cash, almost. Like, I don't mind him at 3K in cash. I prefer Dom Nunez in cash. But uh, you can go, like, Higashioka in cash or GPPs. You can go Zunino in GPPs, or you can pay up at the position. That's where we're at right now as we record. Uh, first base position, Freddie Freeman's up to 62. I love Freddie. I just don't know if I'm paying that price on this slate for Freddie against Luke Weaver. That's a that's – a, that's a, Coors field pricing, so he probably goes deep twice, but uh, that's tough. Like, I'd rather pay 54 for Trey Mancini against Cole Irving in a great hitting environment with a total of 9.5 against the lefty, and you got Trey Boo Boo, who's just uh, Trey Boo Boo. That's all we got to say. He's just he's mashing, hitting three, uh, 229 over his last 10, but averaging on nine points per game over his last 10, 0, 21, 3, and 10 in his last four. Uh, he's got four jacks in the year. He's starting to slowly heat up before it's over in his last game. He had hit safely in three games. He, he went – Five four ten in his last three games prior to that. So slowly getting it going. Trey Boo Boo at fifty four, not a bad tournament look. Uh, Pete Alonso against Fetty. The wind is blowing out hard to left potentially in New York for the Nats Mets game. Pete Alonso has gone deep in back to back games in Wrigley. Now he gets Eric Fetty at fifty two hundred. I can jump on board there. But the popular play and rightfully so, cash game viable, tournament viable. Matty Olson at 5K versus Jorge Lopez in Camden Yards is outstanding. He's hitting 389 over his last 10 games, averaging 14.4 over his last 10 games, hit six home runs over his last 10 games, 33-7-27-21-6-20 over his last six games. He has over 20 points in five of his last 10 games in Fuego for Matt Olson. That's a big boy play right there against Jorge Lopez, who we can just have all the fun against. There's nothing to not like about that scenario. If you're not liking Dylan Cease, you think he struggles or he gets out early and you get a lot of Chicago White Sox bullpen, Nate Lowe at 47, nice tournament look. He's swinging it really well also of late, homered in his last game. You can look at him at 47. I'd try to find $300 more to Matt Olson if you could, but you can go there. You can go to Carlos Santana at 47. He's been hitting good. Or you got my boy Reese's Pieces at 46 in Philadelphia. You can always go there. I mean, in Coors Field at 46. I still like Matt Olson over all these guys. But if you're looking to save a couple bucks because you can't get to 5K or whatever, uh, Lowe, Santana, Hoskins, they're all in play. Uh, Yearly Guriel, we usually like him when he's cheaper. He's, a, he's facing a lefty, which is nice, but 45 is tough to pay for me against Guriel. If you're stacking Houston, though, he's still in play. No, no doubt about that. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle at 42, first base outfield eligible. He's struggling t- tremendously, but you get a, him versus the lefty Irvin. Maybe it's just what he needs to wake up. So something to keep in mind there. Uh, Joey Votto versus the lefty Kim. You could go there, but then 
here we go. So like we love Matt Olson at 5K. If you're not paying 5K for Olson in cash, like we're talking cash now. GPP, there's other plays we've talked about. Olson's still the best so far. But in cash, if you're not paying 5K for Olson, you're more than likely the next on the list. There might be some more cheaper ones, but next on the list is CJ Cron at 3,900 bucks. Cron, um, it's been a very slow start to the year. Might be heating up. Just might be. He just could just gonna say he might be slowly getting there. Just 3,900 bucks in Coors against Vinny V. Not a bad price point to be had right there. Going down cheaper in the 3K range. Bobby Dahlback, 3,600 versus Kikuchi. Tweeted about him on Thursday. They didn't start him, which sucked. We talked about him on shows many times of late. The dude is raking right now. The contact rates are insane. The barrels are insane. The average, everything he's doing except leaving the ballpark is insane. He's 3,600 versus Kikuchi. Really good tournament look right there. Uh, Paven Smith, he's first base outfit eligible at 3,300 bucks. Here's one of the value plays you could like, usually leading off for Arizona, facing Huascar and Yanoa at 3,300. Uh, good value, probably more so in the outfield than first base, but he's in play. If Brad Miller cl- cracks the Philly lineup, he's 3K against Marquez and Coors. That's a very, very good value. If he cracks the lineup, uh, Mathiasen of Arizona's first base, third base, he's 2,800. If you need a massive punt at one of the two positions, you can go there. I hope you don't need to go to Mathiasen, but he's there if you need him. Other than that, that's about it for now, unless we see some more things uh, show up in the lineups. Second base, you got Witt. Merrifield at 58, always worth the look. Ryan McMahon at 52 and Coors versus Velasquez. Don't hate that at all. I think that's got some legs. Like Nick Solak been swinging a really, really nice stick. He's 4,900, hitting 333 over his last 10, averaging over 10 points per game over his last 10. He's got cash game viability with a GPP upside against Dylan C. Same with Jed Lowry. I love Jed Lowry at 48. He's definitely a cash game play with tournament upside, hitting 385 over his last 10, averaging almost 12 points per game over his last 10. Oakland Athletics, they're priced up, and for darn good reason, folks. Going up against uh, Jorge Lopez in that Baltimore bullpen in Camden Yards. Yeah, I'm already telling you, we're only at second base, and I'm already in on Oakland over Coors Field right now. Like We're just going gonna to start planting that flag right now. That's happening. So Jed Lowry at 48, you can uh, jump on that train. few others to peek at here. Tommy Edmonds down to 44. I like this. Keep lowering him down to re- reasonability. We might start using Tommy Edmond. When he's in the 5K range, there's no chance in H-E double hockey sticks. I was using Tommy Edmond. But second base outfit at 44, he's at least on in the conversation now, which is great to see. Um, Eduardo Escobar, if you're fading Yanoa and you want to stack Arizona, see if they can stay hot. Escobar's 4K, second base, third base. You can look there at a decent price point. Don't hate that. Uh, okay, if you're not using Chad Lowry in cash, here's your next cash game play. And this is why you make a few different ones because you try to – it's like – a cash puzzle of where can we make all the cash game plays fit price wise. So if you can pay up for Lowry at 48 groovy, if not Ty France is 3,800 bucks against Martin Perez. Ty France is a guy I love to play over and over again, put up 11 points for you on, uh, on Thursday. And he's just been an absolute beast at the dish hitting 323 over his last 10 averaging eight and a half over, over his last 10. He just brings such a cash game floor to most of his matchups hitting second in that order of a red hot Mariners ball club. Yeah, um, Ty France at 38 is very, very cash viable. A few others. Tommy Listell at 38 is not bad. I'd rather have Ty France. Uh, Garrett Hampson and Coors. So here's another cash game play for you. He's second base and outfield eligible. It was awesome when he was leading off, but now he's been batting like sixth or seventh. So it's not as appealing, but still in cash. Second base outfield eligible at 3,700 against Vinny V. You can jump on that. See, the Rockies are going to be very popular and for very good reason because it's Vinny V who I love. But it's Coors Field. 
and there's a lot of discounts. So it makes it really hard not to play them. So it's like Oakland and Colorado. I like them both quite a bit right now. I'm leaning Oakland because, A, it's not Coors Field, and I just love that matchup. But you're getting some nice values with guys like Garrett Hampson. That's for darn sure. A few others to the second base position as we have many to go. Like Jonathan India is not bad at 34. Cronenworth at 33, not bad. If you want a nice discount GPP type play, we mentioned like, you know, Zanino at catcher and some others. Jonathan Scope, he's first base and second base eligible. He's 33 hundo. This is a guy that's starting to go. He's hit safely in three straight games, homer two games ago. He he gets streaky, and he loves smashing a lefty once in a while. He gets Mike Miner on Friday. So keep an eye on Scope at 33 in your tournaments if you're looking for like a a home run. We, we talked about it before. Your one-off plays need to be guys that can potentially at least get one homer, if not double dong. That's what you're looking for. You're not looking for a cash game one-off. You're looking for like a boomer bust one-offs. You got your stack, like four or five-man stack. And you got like three three one-offs. A Jonathan Scope makes a great one-off. He's cheap, and he's got double dong upside. Those are things that win you tournaments. Like if your stack goes off, and then your one-off plays go deep, you're sitting pretty. Jonathan Scope's a guy like that, thirty three hundred bucks in a tournament. Ari Adrianza, hopefully leading off for Atlanta. He's not 2K anymore, folks. He's 3,100. Still a good value, though, against Luke Weaver. Second base, third base eligible for Adrianza at 31. Almost, I, I could I could see a cash game argument if you want to for Adrianza. Other than that, like Scott Kingery's back up with Philadelphia. He's 2,600 bucks in Coors. If he starts, you can get it. There's an argument to be made there in Coors at 2,600. Um, I'm not there until I see the lineup and it's intriguing, but 2,600 bucks for anybody in Coors. Gets gets in the conversation. Uh, third base position, Devers had a huge Thursday. Homer, double, stolen base, you name it. He pretty much did it. He's 5,600 versus the lefty Kikuchi. He gets lefties okay, so don't panic completely. Uh, we mentioned McMahon at 52. J-Ram switch hitting versus uh, Jomo at 51 is okay. Josh Donaldson looks looks a lot better coming off that IL. He's 5K. I'd still go up to Devers, I think, or save some cash. Bregman looked good on Thursday night. He's 4,900. You get Matty Chapman against Lopez at 48. That's going to be a nice play. And most won't go there because they're going to go to the lefties versus Lopez. So Chapman could be in the middle of a stack. Could be interesting at 4,800 bucks. Um, Kyle Seager hits lefties very, very well. He's 46. If you're stacking Seattle, don't forget Kyle Seager. Juan Moncada's 45. Slow go at things, but still fantasy relevant. Uh, Mikel Franco, good tournament play here against Cole Irvin at 4,400. We know how Franco can hit lefties. Going up against Irvin at 44, good value in that scenario. Joey Wendell keeps hitting. Eduardo Escobar talked about him at 4K. Switch hitting Candelario if you're stacking Detroit at 39 is okay. I'm not in love with these plays, but if you're stacking Wendell, Escobar, Candelario, all good pieces of stacks. I'm not going to hate that at all. I uh, mentioned Listella earlier. If J.D. Davis cracks the lineup at 37, I like that. I was hoping he was going to play on Thursday. He did not. But he's hitting 412 over his – since he's come back from the island, he's only played six games. He's hit safely in four straight. He's got double-digit fantasy points in two straight. He's hitting 412 on the year with ton, with 1147 OPS. He's looking good. He's 3,700 versus Fede. We talked about the wind blowing out the left. Uh, J.D. Davis can be a very intriguing play. It's a good value-type tournament play at 3,700. So I don't I don't dislike that at all. Um, Alec Baum and Coors is only 35 versus Herman Marquez. Yeah, you can sign me up for that at 35. And that's almost cash game viable. Like, again, respect Marquez, but you get Marquez out of there, you get that bullpen in play, you got Coors Field in play. Alec Baum at 35, hitting the middle of that order. He went deep, I believe, on Wednesday against the Gigantes. That's intriguing at 3500 bucks. That is cheap, folks. Really, really cheap. Uh, Philip Evans versus Jay Happ at 35 is a nice value. Evans keeps, keeps hitting. He even stole a bag the other day. Austin Riley is on fire. He's 3300 So some nice values at third base. Depends on where you want to go. If you want the Baum and Coors. 
Evans, Riley, like they're not must plays, but they're decent values for sure. Uh, even that JD Davis at 37, uh, you could take that. Adrian's at 31, talked about him already. He's second base and third base eligible. So yeah, some nice looks at the third base position for value potentially, especially in tournaments. Uh, shortstop, you got Xander versus a lefty, definitely in play there against Kikuchi at 56. Uh, Timmy Anderson's been really, really good. 52. He's kind of like, he'd be my pay up cash game play at shortstop if you want to go there. I have no problem with that at all, hitting 342 since his return from the IL, averaging over 11 points per game. He's working counts now, which you used to not be able to say much about Tim Anderson. So that's really good to see. He's uh, he's definitely in play at his 5,200. Uh, a few others. Lindor, he's going to get going. He hit Homer two nights ago. He's 4,900 bucks for Fede. The Mets won't be a popular stack, I'd say, with Coors and you know Baltimore Camden Yards game and some of those other spots. But I think the Mets versus Fede is a very intriguing stack. Fede's not that good. Um, like when he pitches good games, it's kind of a smoke and mirrors thing. He's not a dominating strikeout guy, lots of balls in play. So this could be an interesting one for the Mets to get right at low ownership. That's one to keep an eye on as we um, look at lineups on a Friday. So keep uh, keep Lindor, Alonzo, J.D. Davis, some of those guys in mind. We'll get the outfield here in a minute. Eugenio Suarez went deep on Thursday. He's 46 versus Kim. Don't hate that. In a tournament, he's not cash viable, folks. But tournament, sure. Um cheaper down it, i want to play andres him and it's so bad but he needs to hit in a good spot in the order but glaber Torres at 42 i will go back to that wagon in tournaments and yankee stacks went three for five on um on thursday people that panic this is why you got to realize these guys haven't even played 20 games yet he went into last night hitting a buck 86 goes three for five he's hitting 220 like if he if he if he hits in the next three games if, if he starts like a four hitting streak He'll probably be hitting 275, 280, and everyone's like, ah, oh, we're good. We're good. Just get sorry, it's the power. We're good. So just relax. It's early. Glaber's Glaber. He's 4200 bucks against Logan Allen. Don't mind that for some value at all. Uh, Paul Young at 4K is always GPP viable. I'd prefer Glaber Torres, but Paul Young's just fine if you need to save some money and you're kind of get weird in the GPP. Other than that, you know, Ahmed Rosario is 34 if you're looking to punt. Mentioned Cronenworth, Glacius. There's a few options, but as usual, you kind of need to pay up at shortstop if you can. Okay, outfield's loaded. I am not going to hit everybody. I'm just not. It's just going to be impossible. But like Buxton's at 61. It's hard for me to stomach that when J.D. Martinez versus a lefty 6K. It's going to say that. That's tricky. Like I prefer J.D. Bryce Harper at 57 and Coors. I take over Buxton at 61. Uh, those are those are really solid looks in their spots. You know, Judge Castellanos versus lefties, not bad. I still almost find try to find some more money to get to Bryce Harper. In Coors, um, I, I go that route. You got Ramon Laureano's at the 5K versus Lopez. He's starting to get a little priced out for me. It is a great matchup and a great ballpark, so I can't argue that. But it's starting to get a little steep on the on the pocketbook with Ramon Laureano at 5K. Um, going down below 5K, though, Dom Smith, another meta like he's up to 4,700. So it's like he's getting a little priced. We had a couple knocks, I believe, on Thursday. His hard hit rates and everything. He's due for some serious positive regression pretty soon. So keep him on your radar. You got Charlie Blackman and Coors only 45 versus Velasquez. Decent value in his game. Uh, Lou Bob is another guy. Really great hard hit barrel percentages. The long ball is just not there. He's hitting 310. Luis Robert's hitting 310. Like, let that sink in. Once the power kicks in, it's going to be really good. So he's 4,400 if you want to try to jump on that before he gets popular. But like, Loriano's at 5K. I can get Mark Connor at 43, who is cash viable for sure. He's. Averaging almost 11 points over his last 10 games. He's just been a beast. He's stealing bags. He's walking. He's hitting with power. He's doing a little bit of everything. So he's 4300 bucks. 
Like I like him with an Olsen and a Lowry and stuff like that. That's a nice stack. Like Loriano is obviously great, but he's 5K, so you can leave him out of the stack. Go spend that money elsewhere if you want. You can mix and match and make things happen. But Kana at 43, good value for that Oakland stack you're looking for. Even cash viable one-off situation for him. Verdugo had a monster Thursday. He had like 21 points, I think, or 24 points. You know, double, single, stole some bags. Hits lefties very well. So he's got Kikuchi at 43. I've been playing Verdugo in cash almost every night. He's bringing a great floor to, the, to action right now. So like him at 4,300. Uh, Joey Gallo is always GPP viable. Just the power has not shown up yet, but he's always viable if you need him. I'd rather go to Mitch Hanniger at 41 versus Perez. Hanniger went deep on Thursday. Dude just continues to hit. Um, but at 24 points on Thursday, he's hitting 319 with five jacks on the season. He's 4,100. I can go right back to Mitch Hanniger in that situation versus Will Myers. I mean, against <laughs> Martin Perez, no problem there. Uh, going down farther again, I'm not going to mention everybody. If you have questions, hit me up. Like Kiki Hernandez be leading off for Kikuchi at 4K. If you need to, he had a triple on Thursday. You can go that direction. Uh, Cutches and Coors at 39. Jordan Luplau at 39. He's been in lefties and righties with power right now. He's 3,900 versus a lefty. That's a nice look for Jordan Luplau. Um, Austin Slater, probably not because we prefer him versus a lefty over a righty. He's still hitting okay. Jorge Soler in tournaments at 38 does have that power up. I, think, I believe he's homered in back-to-back games. Mentioned Garrett Hampson at 37. That's a great value versus Vinny V in Coors, like cash game value type stuff. Um, farther down, again, not going to mention everybody. So you got to check in later. Uh, Avis- or Adolis Garcia at 34 versus Dylan Cease. That's an intriguing tournament play if you're going against Cease. He's 3,400. That's one of those kind of Jonathan Scope, uh, Zunino type GPP values with, with Adolis Garcia or Adelis Garcia at 3,400. Haven Smith at 33, I like him quite a bit, even in cash. He's got some cash viability um, if you need to save some money at 33. A few others, DJ Stewart, lefty-lefty. He might get the day off, so keep an eye on that. Ramel Tapia, holy shnikes. He's in your cash lineups, folks. Ramel Tapia is 3K in Coors, likely leading off for Finney V. That's uh, that's DraftKings asleep at the wheel right there. So if, if Tapia is leading off on Friday – Against Vinny V at 3K, you pretty much plug that one in. That, that's happening. A few others. You got Cole Calhoun at 29. Don't hate that at all. Um, yeah, that's a good GPP play with Calhoun. Dylan Carlson's only 2,800 versus Sonny Gray, who you could see maybe getting out a little early, get some of that Reds bullpen that's been atrocious. So Carlson at 28 is a very nice tournament play. You got Willie Calhoun at 28. I'll take Carlson over Calhoun in that price point, but both tournament viable for sure. I love that play, that play though, with. Um, Carlson at 28. That stands out pretty, pretty nice. If Sam Hilliard ever finds the field, he's 27, but Jonathan Dawes is also 27. He went deep a couple games ago. Manny Margot versus Matz is 27, so lots of outfield value. Mention Kingeries and Coors if you need them, so lots of guys you can look at down here. Just watch the lineups. Like Stevenson might be leading off for um, for Washington against um, – it is against, uh, against DeGrom, though, so be careful, but he's basically free. All right, recapping the pitching real quick on the slate. 9K and above, DeGrom, Darvish, Glass now in that order, but Glass now over Darvish and GPPs. Darvish has a better floor than Glass now. Glass now better ceiling. DeGoat's the GOAT of them all. Uh, 75 to 9K, I got Steven Matz, one. Um, Hiwaskar Yanoa, two, as a great tournament play. Granky three, Brubaker, four. If you're going 7,400 down and below, Alcantara at 74 is outstanding. Probably going to have DeGoat and Alcantara in cash. And then you got Cease and J-Hab, nice lower-priced GPP plays in solid strikeout matchups. And then Dane Dunning, four. 
if you're stacking up, love Oakland against Jorge Lopez. I think that's a big one. Baltimore versus Irvin's okay. Don't mind that. That, that, that matchup, there should be a lot of offense in that game. Uh, Colorado versus Vinny V. That's an obvious one, but it's a great one. It's a very, very good one. I like Seattle versus uh, Martin Perez. Mets versus Eric Fede. Those are the ones that stand out the most to me, but you can look at Houston, Cincy, Boston, Atlanta, New York. Those are other, other ones I've written down doing some brief looking ahead on this. But my main ones right now, Oakland, Colorado, Seattle, and the Mets for now. We'll see how lineups break and all that good stuff. But that'll do it. 14 games Friday to head into the weekend. Again, you can check me out on Twitter at BDNTrick. If you have any questions, come join us in the Fantasy DJ and Slack. Hit. Just need your email. Also, if you can please give a rate and review on iTunes, MLB DFS Quick Hits. I truly appreciate it. But good luck this weekend. I'll be back with you guys on Monday. This was MLB DFS Quick Hits, your Friday, April 23rd edition. I'm out. Yeah.